We started out the Advent by talking about the peace of God that comes and takes our fears away. Last week we talked about hope, and very briefly today we're going to talk about joy. Joy is an integral part of the Christmas story. It seems like a natural part of the romantic narrative that we have seen played up here and we've seen in Christmas plays put on by Sunday schools throughout our life where shepherds that we know come in house coats and towels on their heads and angels that we see are cute little people with wings and glittering tinsel on their head. However, in context... The real story is much more complex and problematic in a lot of ways. Let me focus on Mary just for a moment. Mary was an engaged woman who had not been intimate with her fiancé, and yet she has an angel who appears to her and tells her that she should be joyful because supernaturally she will become pregnant with the promised Messiah. There are all sorts of difficulties that come with that story if you're the one who's living it out. The situation is complex, but again, throughout that whole story, the theme is joy. It's important that we understand what what joy really is. It's, It's not a state of euphoria. It's not extreme happiness. It's not based on emotion or circumstance. I've sifted through dictionaries and lots of things on the internet looking for the, uh, the best definition that I can find on joy. And the best one that I found comes from longtime pastor in California, Saddleback Church, Rick Warren, who says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life. The quiet confidence that that ultimately everything is going to be all right. It's the determination in our hearts to praise God in every situation. That's what joy is. It's it's an assurance that, that God is in control of the details of the things that pop up in our life unexpectedly. It's the, it's the confidence that at some point, God's going to make sure that everything is going to turn out for my good. It's it's the determination that even when I'm going through difficulty, even when I'm going through those, those hardships of life, God is there and that if I praise him, I will sense his leadership, his direction in my life. Joy is present because we know, we know, we know, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. It might be a mess now, It makes no sense to my mind. It it looks like nothing that I had hoped for or nothing that I wanted it to look like. But that joy carries me, and I am confident that God will bring it around. I'm not upset. I'm not worried because I have this settled peace, this joy, that it'll come around. 
Let me go to the message and just talk a little bit about Mary. She has had this angel show up, and the angel has said, Hey, listen, hello, good morning. It's, it's great to see you. Uh, you're, you're a beautiful person in the eyes of God. You, you're beautiful on the inside and on the outside, and I have great news. And, and it says in verse 29 of Luke chapter 1, she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind such a greeting. What, why is he saying that to me? But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. The promise that he gives is that, Mary, you'll go through life, and it's not going to be an easy life, but you need to know this. You have nothing to fear. God's watching over you. God's protecting you. God, God's there. I, I, I remind, remind you that the person who's delivering the words is only the messenger. He's been in the presence of God. He's heard God speak exact words. And now he stands before Mary and he repeats exactly what he has heard. And God says to Mary, Mary, you have nothing to fear. All-knowing God knew everything about everything and still has the ability to promise that she would be, she could be, fearless. God knowing that Herod would go on a murderous rampage and it would be necessary for Joseph and for Mary to, to, to become refugees and run to a foreign country, run to Egypt and hide out there. God knowing that they had just come from home to the city of David, to Bethlehem, to, to register in the census, and they weren't planning to be gone for a whole long time, that they would return shortly is what they thought. And so finances and resources they don't have, not knowing, not understanding that this trip will, will be extended and they won't get back to, to Bethlehem, not for days, not for weeks, not for years, not a regular paycheck, but God will look after them. You have nothing to fear, Mary. You, you don't have to worry. You can relax because God makes you this promise. Mary, you have nothing to fear. Let that calm. Let that bring peace to your heart. No matter what comes your way, Mary, remember these words that God speaks to you today. You have nothing to fear. Again, the lesson is clear for you. It's clear for me. Don't, don't get too wrapped up in the circumstances that are going on around you. Believe in the promise that was given to Mary, that's given to you, that's given to me today. There is no reason to fear. Fall in love with, with the one that has made the promise. He's, he's the all-knowing God, and when he says that you have no reason to, to fear, you can believe it. You can bank on it. There is really no reason to fear. Hold, hold on to the joy. Hold on to the comfort. Hold on to the confidence that comes with that understanding, and repeat it to yourself day in, day out, as many times as you need to get it into your heart. There is no reason to fear. We, we, we jump ahead in the story a little bit. Eight days after the birth of Jesus, they take the child, as they are required by the law to do, to take the child to the temple and to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and to present the, the child to, in dedication to the Lord. 
A male child would be circumcised and would be named and a prayer would be offered the child. And it's, it's a big deal in the scriptures to do that. And, and, and it was a big part of the culture of Israel at the time. And so Mary and Joseph, they're making their way and they get into the courtyard of the temple. And uh, there they come into contact with a couple of people who have been appointed by God for years and years and years to pray into this moment, into this time of history. The one is Simeon, and Simeon may be one of my favorite New Testament characters. He's a prayer warrior that meets them in the courtyard, and he, and he gives them a bit of prophecy about the child that they hold in their arms. And, and the, the prophecy ends this way. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of the people of Israel. And that's where we pick it up in verse 33. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. And Simeon Went, to, went on to bless them. And he said to Mary, the mother, this child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel. A figure misunderstood and contradicted. The pain of a sword will thrust through you. But the rejection will force honesty as, as God reveals who they really are. Mary, you have nothing to fear. But eight days later, she comes in contact with this, this man. And, and, and the man tells her that this child that, that you have is, is going to cause waves in his time. He's going to cause controversy. Some will, will fail to cease, fail to understand what he has done. And they will be angry and it will not go well. However, there are hearts that are open to what he says and what he brings, and they will be helped, and they will recover from the devastation of sin. You need to know, Mary, Simeon says, that you will live to see your son grow up and to be a dividing force in the culture in which he is raised. He will be a public figure, and he will be a public figure that is misunderstood and contradicted. You will have to stand there and listen as people call him liar and fraud and a false messiah. You will be there and hear of those who will want to kill him. Be aware of that. Don't let it rob you of your joy. You have the promise, the promise of his presence. I will, God is with you. And you have the promise that he says, there is no reason to fear. God is in control of it all. It almost sounds like a contradiction as, as Mary is hearing these two things. It will be as though a knife has stabbed you in the heart. But do not fear. The details are going to be looked after. You need to know, Mary, I will be with you. And there's no reason to give in to fear. Joy. In the midst of reality. If you will let, let me and allow me to pick up a crude idiom from our day that fits the situation, reality sometimes bites. Some of you are in that situation right now. 
where the reality is getting more and more real and you're, you're, you're panicking about what do we do, where do we go, what do we say. In the midst of the reality that bites, here's the truth. Jesus has made you the same promises that he's made to Mary. Jesus provides the same joy that he provides. He says to you, as clearly as the angel said to her, God is with you. He, he won't leave. His name is Emmanuel, God with us forever, never leaving, never forsaking. I will be with you. And he says, there is no reason to fear. In the middle of the reality, the word comes that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. My God will never leave you nor forsake you. In, in the darkest night, he will be the light of your world. There is no reason to fear. You see, the goal of the journey is not who can gather up the most stuff. The winner is not who has gathered the biggest trophy wins or the most air miles or the biggest reputation or paycheck. The, the, the truth is that the journey for every one of us has its difficult moments. Sometimes it has very difficult moments and in, all, in it all and through it all, there comes joy. The assurance, the confidence that God is there. The assurance, the confidence that he will give us no reason to fear. It's an amazing story. Nehemiah writes these words, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I, um, I really like the medical team that is around me. I don't mind going to my doctor's office. I have a good time. I don't even mind going to the dentist's office. There is one procedure in the dental office that I, I really do not like. It, it causes me to gag and, and struggle, although I'm not really a, a panic kind of person. I, I feel panic when they put those plastic plates around your teeth and the gooey goop called fluoride in your mouth, and usually it tastes, they, they have some fancy names for the flavors, but none of them are good. And then they put them, and they lay you back, and it's running down your throat, and you feel like you're choking. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, I don't mind them digging around in my mouth or the drilling. I don't even mind the, the rubber dam that's over your mouth that feels like you're swallowing a balloon. I, none of that stuff. But the fluoride treatment has a negative impact on me. I start to get anxious. And I take that and I, and I remind myself that it's the nighttime of my dental experience. It, it won't get any worse than this in the dental chair. However, in my dental office, at least, the, the comfort comes knowing that, that it, th this treatment is timed. It's, it's got a timer, and, and when the timer goes off, the assistant will come in, and it will take it off, and it'll be done for six months. 
So in my anxiety, I am strengthened and somewhat joyful in the fact that it's almost over, that, that morning is coming and joy will come in the morning. Nehemiah says that the joy, the confidence, the assurance that God is in control of every detail of your life and he will make it turn out the way it's supposed to turn out, that joy will make you strong enough to get through the difficult stuff that's in your way right now. Will you stand with me? David, can you come to the keys? I love Christmas. I love this season. But I'm also aware that in this house this morning, there are people who have reality going on in their life. Kids that you're worried about, finances that aren't working out right now, illness that's over your, your own life. Difficulty in family relationships, questions that are threatening to smother you. I want you not to lose your joy. I want to remind you this morning that there are two promises that God brings to you today. First of all, this is the one that he says, I, w I am with you. You're not alone in this whole thing. God is there. He, he knows the details. He knows the, the ups, the downs. He knows what's around the corner, even when you don't know what's around the corner. He, he has a plan. This isn't, this isn't chaos. There's a plan. There's a plan. And the second thing that he says is don't fear. There's, there's no reason to fear the unknown because it's all in my hands. I, I'm in control. I'm, I'm looking after you. I know how many hairs are on your head. I know how many days you have before the end of your life. The plans that I have for you, says the Lord, are for good, to prosper you, not to harm you, not to hurt you, not to destroy you, but to bless you and to give you a hope and a future. He promises those two things, and when those come together, when they collide in your life, doesn't really matter what reality is at that moment for you. There's peace that passes all understanding that guards your heart and your life. There's this, this joy that, okay, it's rough right now, but we'll, we'll just hang on through the treatment, and at the end, it'll, it'll be okay. He'll work it out. He'll work it out. Yesterday, um, funeral service for, uh, for a good friend and a, and a colleague, but really I, I've always felt like he was sort of a son. Rob Clark passed away a week ago Friday, and we, we watched via the internet his funeral. And there was such, such a sense of the presence of God. There's such a sense of, of joy. His wife got up and, and gave the eulogy said that she was blessed to be his wife and just had such a, a lot of good things to say. And then her oldest son, Jordan, gets up and he speaks with, with such confidence. God, you, you've taken my dad. You know what you're doing and I'm in your hands. I, I know that you'll look after me and, and so I'm just going to carry on the work that he passed on to me to do. sadness, but there was this, this joy, this confidence. We have a hope. We have a hope. And so, Father, this morning, I am praying for everyone that's in this room 
that God, you would come like you do in so many ways and, and you would instill joy in troubled hearts today. I speak to the brokenhearted this morning and I say the words of God when I say this, he's come to heal the brokenhearted. I, I speak to those that feel like they're lost. You're not lost. God knows where you are. God, God cares about where you are. God is not abandoned you to those that are worried about children, about future, about finances and family. God knows what's best. He has a plan. He's taking you to your preferred future. You can trust Him. He is trustworthy. You don't have to fear. Let the joy of God be your strength through what you're going through right now. Well, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Let me ask you this. If, if you've never invited this one called the joy of life, this one called Jesus into your life, let me just take a moment here to, to ask. If, if that's you, if you, you'd like to ask him into your life, or if it's been so long since you've been in contact with him, but you'd like to have contact with him, if, if you're here this morning and, and you would like to invite him into your life, just raise your hand where you are and look at me until I, you and I connect eye to eye and then you can take your hand down. I just want to pray with you this morning. Is anyone here in that situation you want to invite the joy of life during this Christmas season into your heart? Just take a moment. Okay, then let me ask you this. You're in one of those places where reality bites right now. And you'd say, Pastor Bill, will you pray for me? Just put your hand up wherever you are. Reality bites right now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Father, the joy of Jesus, I speak into every heart that's represented here. I pray that the reality of your promises, the the glory of your presence, the strength of who you are would come right now and that you would stand beside men and women, young people that are here today and that through this season, it wouldn't just be something they have to get through, but it would be a progressive discovery of how much you've given, how much joy there is, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to just look at your watch, signs and wonders.